Hey, welcome to Simone J. I'm Sydney. I'm Shu. And tonight we're talking to you about prosperity gospel. Woo woo! God and money. That's right. Uh, you might also know it as prosperity theology. Oh, uh, or uh, health and wealth gospel. Oh, yeah. Gospel of success. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear that one. I mean, I, I just get. went to Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wikipedia. Wiggity, 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 Wikipedia. <laughs> the official uh, info source. That's right. Simone Che. Get all your info at Wikipedia. Have you ever wanted to subscribe to a podcast where two people read you <laughs> Wikipedia an- <laughs> entries? You got it. You got it, dude. <laughs> Okay, so explain. So I I had wanted to do a podcast about prosperity gospels and financial cults. I thought they were the same thing. They're not. Um, but prosperity theology is like a Christian thing, right? Yes. Um, not all Christians believe in it, but a sect of Christians believe in prosperity gospel. Okay. Um, what it is, it's a financial, a religious belief among Christians that financial blessings and physical well-being are always the will of God. And that faith, positive speech, and donations to religious causes will increase one's material wealth. So if you know, you give what you get. The okay. more you put in, the more you're going to get back from God because they see that you're giving to what he wants you to give to. Okay. Um, I got that, like, they view the Bible as a contract between them and God. And so if they believe in him enough, he'll take care of them. Yes. And they tend to be like, oh, if you're not doing well, it's because you don't believe in God enough. Yeah, you're not giving enough, you're not doing the right things, you're not thinking positively enough, so of course God isn't going to take care of yeah. you. Yeah, um, and then like some people say that if whatever you donate to the church is going to return to you sevenfold, which seems like a hard, like it's a provable thing to, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's quantifiable. I, I know how much I gave to the church and nothing came back. But I guess that's because you don't believe enough. Right. I mean, so this um, came about in the U.S. in like the late 1940s, early 1950s. But it became really popular in the 80s with televangelists. Okay. So preachers on TV, which I'm sure like most people might be familiar with. I don't know. It's a hit or miss thing. Me and my friends used to stay up late at night and watch the gospel channels and play drinking games like every time they say god or every time they ask you to donate take a drink whatever um but that's when it really got popular and kind of spread across the u.s and Mm -hmm. what a lot of these preachers do is they'll say you know um you need to send in your seed money so this is the money that you if you give this money to me now you'll get it back sevenfold and a lot of the people that watch these shows, like, don't have a lot of money. Yeah. And some of the things... I watched an episode of John Oliver uh, last week tonight on HBO. Okay. And he did a whole episode on this, which is really good. Yeah. So if you want, like, really well-edited and scripted information on this, go watch that show. Yeah. 
But we're here for we're the warm up. We're the warm up. We'll to that. wet your whistle, uh, <laughs> and if you thirst for more knowledge, then it's out there. That's right. Um, so a lot of these preachers will say, like, you know, you want to buy your house, but you can't even afford it yet. So why not just send all that money to us? Mm-hmm. It's your seed money, and the more you give, the more you're going to get in return later on. Mm-hmm. And you really just need to believe in it. It's really about the belief, the belief that giving this money that I don't even have will in the end make me like way more profitable. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, it's just not true. Well, and though they prey on people who have the least amount of money, like these sort of prosperity uh, gospels, they it. Because anyone who has money isn't going to be that, like, desperate to believe bullshit. Right. But if you don't have anything and someone says, like, you know, God will provide, you just need to have faith and donate to the church, you're so desperate you're willing to believe. It's like someone who's dying of an untreatable disease, they're going to seek out treatment that is, like, not proven because it's, like, there's no other hope. Right. Um, Which is really uh, depressing. Um. And uh, apparently they use this also to justify the pastor's high salaries. Yeah, it's it's really upsetting because um, if you are a religious entity, you are exempt from taxes. Mm-hmm. So if you make it through all of the, um, I don't even know what the IRS, you know, deems you re- a religious entity. But I think you have to have like a community brochures Mm -hmm. um like sermons their meetings that people can go to like they have things to prove it okay but once you do you don't have to pay taxes so all that money is going straight to the church and straight to whoever owns the church and so a lot of these televangelists are considered a religious entity and so their pastors are making like a lot of money well and like if you're saying the more you believe in god and the more work you do for god the more money you should have then obviously someone whose whole life is dedicated to working for god should be getting paid you know two hundred thousand dollars a year or whatever because um actually that was a really conservative figure for a yeah like to me that's a ridiculous salary but these people are making a million dollars or more a year and but it's justifiable because if your income is in relation to how much work you're doing for God, well, yeah, of course, the leader of the church should be making the most money out of anyone in the congregation. Right. Um, I I grew up going to a church where they encouraged you to tithe your 10%. You were supposed to tithe 10% of your gross income. And um, because apparently it says that somewhere in the Bible. I don't think it does. But um, when they would pass the collection plate on Sundays, people would throw in money and there was like a thing where people would rattle it like really tacky to be like, oh, I added money. Woo, shake this plate, money, money. And then also in addition to your, you know, Sunday offering, you were supposed to uh, once a week submit a check to the church for 10% of your gross, not your net, your gross income. Which is insane, but my parents did. Wow. Because that's what you were supposed to do. Because you got to keep the lights on on this big mega church operation, which is not cheap to run. Right. So, 
Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. It's really upsetting. Yeah. On uh, the John Oliver episode, he was showing clips of a lot of the um, preachers who had like their own private jets mm-hmm. or like, you know, multiple houses or cars, uh, really expensive cars. And of course, their excuse is like, look at me. I believe in God. Just like you said, I'm his worker i am here for him if i ask god for a personal jet Mm. he's gonna provide but what's really happening is all of the people that you're convincing to give seed money Mm -hmm. they're the ones providing you the jet yeah and instead of giving them their sevenfold back you're buying a jet yeah so He's telling all these people watching, like, of course I got the jet. I believed in God. I I did what I told all of you to do. Mm -hmm. And so look at what I got in return. And they're looking at it going, holy shit, he got a jet because God, you know, loves him and he provides. And really, it's like, no, bitch, you gave him the jet. Yeah. Uh, I read one criticism of these uh, churches and beliefs where they said, you know, where traditional spiritual beliefs across religion kind of um, turn their nose at material gains and capitalism. Like most religious spiritual beliefs are anti-capitalism, anti-materialism. Yeah. It's about your spirit, your heart, your love, your whatever. And they were like, but rather than use the books of the Bible to um, go against these inherent American values, what these churches have done is they have aligned themselves. Like they have found a way to use biblical scriptures to support the American ideology. Um, and so I thought that was very interesting because these have, they're, they're now all over the world, but they, this prosperity gospel thing originated in America. And so it's these, uh, it's not Protestant. I forget what sect of Christianity they said was really common with these. Um, it started with a P. Uh, but they said, you know, yeah, rather than, you know, go against the grain of mainstream society, they were like, oh yeah, no, cool. Like, and it's a way to get more members in too. You're aligning with the values of the nation. That's a great way to grow your religion is go, how do people in this country think? All right, let's pray on that. Is it Pentecostal? Pentecostal. There we go. Yeah. Um, and so they're like the dominant Pentecostal is like one of the dominant sects of Christianity in the United States now because they've aligned themselves with the American values of like greed and uh, individualism and like, yeah, get mm-hmm. that money. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And the thing that I always um, find weird about people who are like, well, the Bible says mm-hmm. is like, first off. The Bible was written a really, really long time ago when they had no idea what our future would be. So mm-hmm. to take it literally in today's times is just not realistic at all. Mm-hmm. And secondly, a lot of people like to just pick and choose verses from the Bible that work for them. And a lot of pastors do that, too, yeah. and a lot of televangelists. It's like you would never just open a book randomly and select a paragraph and go, well, I know what the whole book's about now. Yeah. So it's like you need... I have nothing against the Bible. I think it's a great story and mm-hmm. it's a great like look upon history. Uh-huh. But I feel like people should definitely if you're into the Bible and you want to follow it in a more religious manner, like at least just read the whole thing and look at it as an overall like from start to finish. Yeah, and read like theoretic and inter- theoretical interpretations of it. Cuz if you look if you read uh Jewish religious books, like the Talmud is all just different 
rabbis arguing over the interpretation of parts of the Torah. Like that is what, cause it's like such a, it's so open for interpretation and debate. And there is discourse amongst what does it mean instead of saying an absolute means because translation is interesting. Um, on a recent episode of last podcast on the left, they were talking about, they did a two part series on Rasputin ah, and yes. Some people said, oh, like Rasputin meant drunk because of this etymology in this part of Russia. And other people said, oh, it actually just meant this like town or it meant road or it meant this or it meant that. And like, why would you take one of those interpretations as absolute? Like just this fucking dude's last name. There are four different theories as to where it originated. Yeah. Um, Cause the family was poor and they didn't have a last name. So he had to like get one later on. Cause apparently poor people in Russia don't have last names. You can't, you got to buy it. It's like buying vowels on wheel of fortune. <laughs> but yeah, like if you just look at like any sort of historical document or like language or word, there are different interpretations. Um, And so, yeah, like, why would you read one version, one line out of one version of one thing and think that it means anything? And I, for me, like the religion, like the value in religion comes from the discussion that is provoked by analyzing the scriptures, right? So it's not the actual scripture to go by, but it's the dialogue that comes afterwards. Right. Like the provocation of thought. Yes. Um Exactly. What the fuck do I know? Well, you know, we can't really grow if we're not willing to think about things and question things. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So just like also, if you want to find anything to support your way of thinking, like the Bible, that's so like tried and played out like, oh, the Bible told me this. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck you. Fuck you. What did Beyonce (laughs) say? Yeah. What the fuck did Beyonce tell you about that, bitch? Go watch Lemonade. Yeah. Seriously. Come back to me. Oh, that uh, Lemonade makes me so deeply sad. I still haven't watched it. Oh, my God. I know you even sent it to me and I still haven't watched it. Yeah. I don't know. I went through the me. trouble of bootlegging it and uploading it. I mean, the character of Sydney DeLorean. Right. Not the actual Not the person. actual person because I don't commit crimes. This is just for entertainment just, purposes. Yeah. Just supposing that like <clears throat> I could have like bootlegged it and like uploaded it to some sort of file sharing service if you could have you would have if i could have i would have but i don't i just don't know how yeah um but lemonade is so beautiful but it also makes me so sad i'm definitely gonna watch it before i go see her in concert because yeah. i feel like how can i not yeah it's so everyone watch lemonade but also if you've ever been in a bad relationship or been cheated on know that it's gonna pull your heartstrings yeah yeah so but it's part of life do you think beyonce would ever give to a prosperity gospel see i feel like she would donate to like her church yes but this and there's like i don't know there is a difference between you know like catholics they have a a part of their ceremony where they take donations because you do have to keep the lights on at a yes church. because it goes directly to that church that you're mm. going to well, uh, these people, it's like going straight to the pastor and he's he's getting a very large cut of everyone's money. And I think the biggest difference is in like most, com- I'll say, quote unquote, commercial religions like uh, Catholicism or I don't know, Buddhism or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Like 
you're donating, but they're not promising you that you're going to become rich off of the donations you're giving. They're it's, not um, manipulating you. Yes. They're just saying, like, if you want to help us donate money. Yeah. We need money because we need to pay rent and electrical and right. maintenance. And this isn't a free operation. So if you could donate, that would be great. They aren't promising you something. They aren't, like, lying and manipulating to you and saying, we know you only have $10 to your name, but if you give us two of those dollars, you'll get 14 back. Like that is because that is, that is full on like coercion and manipulation. And also like the judgment and being like, I remember growing up in my church, it'd be like, well, you know, the Tories don't tithe. Like talking about like other families in our church. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, we, we've been tithing for a year, but I heard that so-and-so they don't tithe. I mean, they donate, but they don't, they aren't doing the full 10% or whatever. Like it would be like that. Oh my gosh. Where it's like, there's um, a social pressure to do it because if everyone else around you is doing it and you feel this is where it gets culty is like cults, um, they, they show you the acceptable aspects first and you bond with other people and then you feel like I'm so close to them and they're doing this and I need to do this because if I'm not, I'm an outsider, right? Yeah. So if you – like the way I grew up, all of our social stuff was through church. We were at church like six days a week. Um, movie nights, field games, family dinner night, puppet ministry, like everything it's was too much. group. Yeah. And so if your whole social life is that and everyone else is giving their 10%, you have to give your 10% because the social pressure is so great. It's like when right. you hang out with kids at school and it's why parents don't want, you know, their teenagers to get in with a bad crowd because the odds of a bunch of kids standing around smoking and your child being able to go, no, nah, I'm good. Like very slim. Yeah. We're just, we're pack creatures and we tend to go with like the herd mentality and whatever. And so that's how you end up getting coerced. That's so true. Yeah. And if everyone around you is saying, no, like this works and someone gets up on stage and says, oh yeah, I, I was down to my last dime and blah, blah, blah. And I gave it to the church. But the next day I got, finally got hired after months of applying for jobs. Like God made it happen. Yeah. You're like, oh, well it worked for him. Exactly. So and that's what they're doing. They're like, I know you only have ten dollars, but if you are if you believe so much that you're willing to give up that ten dollars, God will provide for yeah. you because yeah. he sees that you believe in him. It's such an act of faith that you will give your last ten dollars to the church and that's gonna show God that you're worthy of him giving back to you. And God sees when you're on your last leg and were there only one footprint in the sand? Yes there was. Why? Because Jesus was fucking carrying you. Uh, I should be a prosperity gospel. You really preacher. should be, yeah. It's uh I mean the way that they're able to manipulate money out it's of crazy. is bananas. Like please just Turn on your TV at one in the morning and find the religious channels yeah. and just watch for a little bit. And, and they, then you'll be like, what the fuck? And they add that emotional element where it's yes. like, this little girl wrote and she gave us every dime in her piggy bank because she loves Jesus. And you're like, so? Right. <laughs> and? And? Oh, like that clip we were watching on the John Oliver show and the priest is like speaking in tongues. <laughs> okay. I just want to 
alert everyone. I'm about to do an impression of this priest. So I personally do not care if people speak in tongues. I feel like it's a thing that happens when you're super passionate. I feel like this priest in particular was bullshitting because he uh, let out a blatant slur. What did he say? I mean, I don't know if at that time it was considered like a slur, a bad word. He said Eskimo. It was close, though, because today it's like controversial. I don't know. Yeah. So anyways, he said, quote, I've seen a midget grow. (laughs) He's seen a midget grow. That's what he said. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's just crazy antics like that. They just, you know, they speak in tongues. They say they see midget grow. And I'm like, first off, it's a little person. Thank you. Yes, it is a little person. Uh Um, And also, you're being real fucking prejudiced by thinking that that they need your healing because there's something wrong with them because they're short and they needed to grow that was a miracle you know what guess what they're probably fucking fine they don't need to grow because they're a goddamn adult and honestly if you made a little person grow into a quote-unquote average size person that would hurt really fucking bad so fuck off yeah fuck off also i just wanted to tell you um when i was in high school and all of my friends were trying cocaine for the first time and i was too scared to um the way i got out of it is i said oh no dude i used to be into it but like i got too crazy so i can't try that anymore like i just can't do it that's amazing (laughs) or sometimes i go no i've tried i don't like it and then they're like how do you not like coke or like how do you not like mushrooms or whatever i'd be like i just get too crazy so I fucking love you. That is amazing. Y'all can use that out there in the world. If you're feeling pressure, just be like, no, I've done it. Like, I'm a fucking party animal. Like, I don't want to, you know, I just, I used to get too much. I used to get too crazy. That's too what crazy. I say when people <laughs> offer me sweets. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I can't. Like, the, the sugar makes me nuts. And yeah. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, it, I go bananas. <laughs> Straight up bananas. But yeah. thank you. Thank you. Um, that's how I got out of doing ecstasy because all my friends were really into ecstasy, but I was on Prozac. Oh. And so I was like, I would love to do Molly with you, but also I can't. I'm yeah. on Prozac. My brain will explode. <laughs> See, can't do that's it. That's all you have to do. Can't yeah. fucking do it. I remember telling a guy that I tried Coke and didn't like it. And he's like, if you really tried Coke, you would not not like it. And I was like, fuck you dude like i'm just that cool i don't like coke it's gross and i just stayed firm i was like i tried it a lot i don't like it Um, i cannot like coke yeah i had never tried it uh i feel like i wouldn't like coke i don't know because the only time i've done it is when i was blacked out drunk out of my mind and i don't even remember anything but there's a very embarrassing recording of me somewhere going uncle cam is gay yay uncle cam is gay because i had been watching a lot of modern family at the time and that's the character shoe, not the actual person. Not the actual person. For shoe. entertainment purposes only. Yeah, 100%. One hundy. Uncle Cam is gay. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Guess what? what? If you were into prosperity gospel, they'd probably tell you, send in $20 and Uncle Cam will no longer be He'll gay. He'll no longer be gay. And guess what? 
that's dumb because there's nothing wrong with being gay. Yeah. Um, everyone needs a gay uncle. That's right. Um, so in the line of prosperity gospels, I did research on financial cults. Okay. Because basically, like, there are different types of cults, religious, spiritual, like health-wise, um, <clears throat> CrossFit. Uh, and just kidding. CrossFit's like real good for your bod. And if anyone out there is like a big fan of CrossFit and also single, um, email, email Podcast at gmail.com or just send me some lightly erotic pics to 646-778-7743. I'm just saying if you're really into CrossFit and you want to share your success story, uh, photographically with the show, we're willing to review your progress and support you on your CrossFit journey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's religious, spiritual, health, whatever cults, but there are also financial cults okay. where um, generally they come in the form of like a multi-level marketing scheme, oh. uh, like your Herbalife or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I read an article that referenced this book by Dr. Margaret Singer, and the book is called Cults in Our Midst. Oh. And so she compares how cults work, which we talked about with Nexium. It's kind of like a frog in boiling water. Yeah, is you gotta you can't have it be boiling. You gotta put the frog in the pot and then slowly turn up the temperature. Um, and so there's the what makes it a cult is intimidation, coercion, control, isolation, isolation. Um, and so these there's these things called business cults. And they focus on financial success rather than religion. Um, but they have the same things where they target. They target. Oh, I'm going to go buy a new blouse at the Target today. <laughs> Jesus fucking. Oh, I love Target. I love the Target. Uh, I, I'll learn how to speak properly one day. Who even gives a shit? No one but me. <laughs> um, I expect perfection from myself. And yet I get just this steaming garbage plate. Now, don't go flogging yourself after we turn this off, Sydney. I love self-flagellation. <laughs> and then I send videos of it to that one guy, and then his girlfriend sees it. Oh. That's, oh I'm like, oh, listen, I wasn't I was, okay, I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know he was your boyfriend, but also I wasn't masturbating. I was self-flagellating to punish myself for how horny I was. It's actually an act of um <laughs> I got lost in your in it's your a, words and I was gonna say it's actually an act of horniness. <laughs> it's an act of horniness. It's an oh act God. I'm repenting. Yes, repenting. It's me repenting for how horny I am. That's right. And I'm sorry you had to see me flagellate myself. Someone has to bear witness. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you say. You just. Oh my God. That's amazing. You know what? Honestly, I swore that I wasn't going to sex anymore. Not for me. Waste of my artistic talents. Didn't work out so well. Uh -huh. But now I'm like, you know what? If I'm horny, someone must bear witness <laughs> right. to this. My horniness. And I can't just keep looking at myself in the mirror when I self-flagellate because, quite frankly, it makes me more horny and it's a never-ending cycle. Who I... will bear witness? Come forward! Step up! No one? No one? I mean, it's like you know my life. <laughs> um, No one wants to bear witness to my horniness. Uh, <laughs> except for, like, very... uh, How do I say this? 
very unattractive men. Anyways, <laughs> if you have a personality disorder and a bad sense of style, chances are you want to see me flagellate myself, but I don't want to be anywhere near you. Um, yes, yes, yes. You thirsty motherfucker. How about you work on becoming more of a man and I'll show you what a woman I am. Send me a $10. Oh, it's your seed money. I That's honestly what I'm going to start doing. Do it. When dudes like want me, but I want nothing to do with them. I'm like, honestly, not really feeling it right now. But if you send in $10 as your seed money, and if you believe enough that I will one day find you attractive, just, you know, send in that money with a grain of hope. As like the beginnings of prostitution. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not actually going to have sex with them. Yeah. They're just going to get more hopeful. And then they're like, but you still don't find me attractive. I sent you $10. I'm like, you know what? It's because you just didn't believe enough that it was going to work. And if you could just send in maybe like 20 or $30, yes. maybe that'll change the tides. Oh. Um, And then by the time they send in enough money, I will have moved out of state. And I'm going to be like, you know what? Sorry. Sorry. I don't. I, I now I find you so attractive, but I'm not in the same state. So what are you going to do? No, I'm not going to tell you what state I moved to. God, don't be a fucking I'm not. Oh, here's what else you ought to do, which is something these prosperity gospel preachers do, too. Uh-huh. They'll say like, oh, well, um, like they'll, you'll send in five dollars uh-huh. and then um, they'll you know, they're expecting something. Yeah. So you like mail them a paper with the shape of your hand on it uh-huh. and be like okay what you need to do is trace your hand over my hand uh-huh. so we're like holding hands and that will put you closer in tune oh my god with not only god but like with your seed money yeah and also like put in five more dollars with that hand drawing i i remember seeing a commercial for uh some televangelist church and they said you know for like a hundred dollars a month we'll put your name on our prayer list for 200 whatever yes and for five thousand dollars they'll call you and pray with you over the phone for five thousand dollars exactly they have these schemes they'll send you personalized prayers for you to read um, the hand thing the, they'll call you they'll write letters to you on a regular basis like it's fucking please, bananas but also if anyone wants to give me five thousand dollars I will do more than pray with you over the phone oh I mean I'm just saying there might be self-flagellation involved for five grand <laughs> if you give me five grand I'll whip myself oh yeah hundred percent you can't whip me but i'll whip me. yeah like we're never going to be in the same room i'm a budding media superstar That's you're just right. some idiot who sent me five thousand dollars <laughs> but I, we can totally um talk on the phone so what we're saying is we're starting our own prosperity gospel hundred percent one hundy um okay so these financial cults yes so they do the same thing that cults do where they target vulnerable people they claim special knowledge they distance you from your family and friends and they do financial manipulation the more money in the more in you are and then also because like um they it's like they i think it's the gambler's fallacy is where the more money you spend the closer you are to success so you go oh well i already i don't actually know that that's what the gambler's fallacy is and i'm so sorry if i'm wrong on that but where you go okay well i already spent five thousand dollars ten thousand dollars like i can't leave now it makes it hard to see 
the flaws in the system because you don't want to because you're so committed. It's, you know, if you've been married to someone for 10 years, it's hard to realize like, oh, fuck, they have a lazy eye. You just don't see it anymore because <laughs> you're in too deep. Um, so the first one, and I'm going to start small with these uh, financial cults. The first one I read about was called Enriched Dentistry. And it's this dude named Brian Landers. He's a quote-unquote author and former dentist who self-published books on the role of Christianity in medicine and health. And what this fucking dude would do is he'd go to um, dental school functions and like mixers, networking events, and he would recruit people into these like social and networking groups where he's like, oh, I have a network of Christian dentists and we just want you to be part of the community so you can have friends who are also Christian dentists. And these students, you know, they're anxious. Are they going to be able to pay off their loans when they graduate? Are they going to start their own practice, get hired into another one, whatever? And now they've got this whole network of budding dentists and whatever. And it's like making them feel like, okay, the future is less scary and uncertain. And so he had these networking groups and these late night gatherings, these weekend retreats. And really like preyed upon the fact like we're Christians and whatever. And I've got this business network. Um, but he, dialogue was discouraged. So basically he would talk at them and tell them all his theories on Christianity and health and whatever. And um, no one could ask questions. No. <laughs> They'd be like, hey, so. Shut up. Like, no. <laughs> I, he claimed that he had knowledge of God's will uh, in regards to the correct way to live. And also he promised them financial success. Like just stick with enriched dentistry. You'll have financial success and when people would question members like their family would be like hey you're spending too much time with this guy or why are you spending all this time and money you know going to seminars um the this one woman said she was angry which happens you know like if you if your friend's dating an idiot and you're like hey what's up your, your boyfriend he's an idiot it's all you don't know him yeah you know and so it was kind of that like why are you spending all your time and money with these dentists dum-dums and this woman said she got really angry at, at her family and friends who questioned it and she went to the leader uh, this Landers guy and he said it's just the judgment of non-believers um, and so these uh, members what he did so he preyed on dental students who were about to go out into the career field and he encouraged them to sign a franchise deal making him a quarter partner in their practice and uh, at a minimum of $20,000 a year. So like I get a quarter of your practice and if it's le- if a quarter of it is less than 20000 you still have to pay me at least 20000 Oh, no. And so like she's like everyone – this woman said everyone else in the group, like I've spent all this time bonding with them and everyone else signed these contracts and I did too – um, and now she's like since left the group and is in litigation because according to the contract, she owes this dude $100,000 and she's like, I was pressured into it. Like once she had signed the contract, then he, she said he turned and he was being just shitty to hit her. And anytime she said anything, he was rude and would physically intimidate her. Um, this guy spent like hours a day in the gym, which apparently is common with cult leaders. They're very insecure. Yeah. And so they try to overcome that through like physical, like strength and having a cult, having a cult and being a <laughs> fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Um, so, so there's that one. Um, but the most common, uh, financial call is the multi-level marketing, right? which have you ever known someone who got into selling something like that? Yeah. 
and it's it's very weird yeah (laughs) it's like why are you doing that you're not making any money yeah you're actually paying more than you're making yes weird um yeah uh apparently uh in those a 2008 study of 33,000 uh people involved in Amway uh only 90 people out of the 33,000 made enough to cover the costs of the business so that's pretty common is that most people don't even break even they lose money but like I had a restaurant customer who sold Arbon, which is kind of like a Mary Kay or Avon but and she would talk to you about it in the different levels and this person's gonna make you know platinum level and this and that and there's this retreat but she would use internal lingo from the organization as if you knew what she was talking about Uh like she had no idea that a world existed where no one knew what the fuck arbon was or what the sales levels were because she was so in it yeah you know if you're spending all of your free time going to meetings and seminars and sales coaching you just become indoctrinated um and amway is the biggest one of these it makes $10.8 billion annually. Whoa. Um, good news is, is most people in the U.S. now know it's fucking bullshit. So they've moved where 90% of their business is overseas because Americans know it's bullshit now. Um, but it's the largest multi-level marketing scheme in the world. And they sell like soap and water purifiers and vitamins and cosmetics. Um, and you need people beneath you to make money. That's how pyramid schemes work. Um, there's no charge for joining or recruiting in Amway, but, um, the way they really get your money is they have these motivational organizations that are outside of the company, but part of the company and they, um, recruit using deception and mind control. So much like the Nexium was like, Hey, come to this weekend recruit or this weekend, uh, thing about self-improvement. These are like, Hey, come to this weekend um seminar on how to sell more amway it's only going to cost you uh 250 for the weekend and 40 dollars for the books and tape <laughs> and so like okay yeah you've got people for 300 dollars coming because they they've invested 10 grand into selling the product and they haven't made any money yet but if they just spend the 300 more dollars to learn how to sell the product maybe they'll break even and if they're still not breaking even it's like oh well you need to go to more seminars and buy more tapes Because, like, clearly you're not doing it right. And so that's kind of how they make their money is they're like, you got to keep going to these seminars. Um, And uh, it's like a professional uh, pressure to be successful. So, like, if you aren't making money in a multi-level marketing scheme, it's not because it is a scheme. It's because you're not doing it right. And you need to keep investing more and more into it and like maybe you've been spending too much time around your family who thinks that Amway is a scam or maybe like you need a different job where people don't think Herbalife is bullshit um you just don't believe in it enough yeah it's like so it's how they get you in deep because like if you think about it yeah if you spent 10 grand trying to get a business going and you just desperately want to like recoup your losses and they say, okay, well give us $400 and this is going to give you the tools you need to make that money back. It's just, it's exactly like gambling yeah. where you're like, I just need to get back what I lost. Um, and they have these, uh, you know, in church you have like the testimonials, right? They get yeah. up and say, I gave God my last $10 and he helped me. He cured my titty cancer. Um, I was a midget and then I grew. <laughs> I can't even with that fucking guy. I know he's um, terrible. 
So in Amway, like they call these people diamonds, which are like their top sellers. And they get up on stage at the seminars and they speak in front of videos that showcase their wealth. And it has the tone of tent revivals where they're like, I was down and out. I was working as a greeter at Walmart, but I put everything into Amway and I bought the tapes and I did the seminars. And then it's like in the background showing their yacht and their other house and whatever. And it's like, if you just try hard enough and believe hard enough, you can reach that level. Um, Yet, because people know it's a scam and stuff, they'll say like, don't tell people it's Amway. Say it's this, like a name of a subsidiary, like it's like, yeah, you know that what you're doing is bullshit if they're telling you don't let anyone know what this is. Right. Like, that's, uh, yeah, that's like 100% um, bad. Totally. And I bet, too, in their speeches, they're like, yeah, I know what you're thinking. This is one in a million. This isn't going to happen to me. I was there, though. I was oh. down on the floor. I didn't think I would be making a single dime. I was about to give up. And you know what happened? I made my first sale. And on that sale, I got another sale. And from that sale, I got more sales. Yeah. The thing is, you just need that first sale. Then you on your yacht, baby. Yeah. Like, that is, you're good at this. Oh, thank you. Um, And yeah, because like, that is what we worship is financial success. Right. Is deemed success in this country. So it's that sort of get rich or die trying by any means necessary. And we're looking more and more, we're looking at an economy where like no one's going to be rich. Um, I was talking to my mom today because apparently like, you know, my aunt said to her, hey, you know, it's just such a shame. Sydney's so smart and talented. It's just a shame that she hasn't been able to find career success. Like not in a way like why can't she get it together and make money, but like, like truly being like, why? And I said, because my, like, between 1995 and 2005, the cost of a college education went up sixfold. And then we graduated into the worst economy ever. Yeah. And so I, I was trying to tell my mom, it's not me. Right. It's not, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, yeah, I'm a financial mess and I'm never going to have a career, but that actually isn't on me. It is on the world in which yes. I was born. Like, you know, we all have $100,000 in debt and a, a $12 an hour job. Like that is just what the world is like. And um, so, yeah, you're dealing with people of our generation where the the prospects, the you don't work for a company and retire with the company anymore. No one has a pension. No one makes as much money as their parents did. Like we were the first generation in the history of the United States to be financially worse off than our parents. And so we're all looking for some sort of magical solution um, to, to bridge that gap because it's like, how the fuck can I not be as comfortable as my parents were? And so when you're living, it's hard to, we're an individualistic society, right? And it's seen as being a defeatist to be like, I can't be successful. Like, it's not realistic for me to be financially successful. That's seen as being like lazy or defeatist or whatever. So you have to go, all right, what can work? And this is when you start looking for the magical cure. And someone says, oh, if you sell this product, like you sign up for a subscription for $300 a month of this fucking juice. And the good thing is if you get six people under you selling the juice, then that actually makes your juice free. And if those six people then get six people under each so that their juice is free, then you're going to start making money and you're going to make an extra $2,000 a month and you're not going to have to do anything for it. Well, like that sounds really good. 
Like, oh, what is standing between me and being financially comfortable? An extra $2,000 a month. And this juice said they can do that. (laughs) This juice is going to fix everything. Yeah. And so we are kind of a, um, a population that is like, prime for the pluck-in in terms of these religious cults because there aren't a lot of realistic ways for us to increase our income yeah um i just i remember i was talking to someone like a year ago they worked for a tech startup and they were saying like oh yeah no like my weekends are pretty free i'm single you know i don't have kids yet or whatever and i was like that's great like that's like the best time to travel like and he's like you can travel when you have a family and i said oh i know but it just everything costs you know, you have a wife and two kids, like it costs four times more. Yeah. He's like, you just make four times more money. People oh, are, okay. Yeah, that's, I know. He goes, people always act like you can't make more money. If you need more money, just make more money. And I was like, he probably like listens to prosperity gospel, like podcasts and like these financial cults where it's like, yeah, you just got to, he works for a fucking company that doesn't do anything like most tech companies, but has like all this startup capital that they milked out of investors and, you know, it's like, oh, I have a job where I get free food and there's a ping pong table. And like, they're telling me I have stock options, which spoiler alert, for the most part, if you get stocks in your fucking tech startup, it doesn't matter because your company's going under. Yeah. It's going to sell three times. It's going to go through a bunch of rounds of funding and it's not going to be worth shit. But yeah, he's all, you just make more money. People always act like, oh, you can't make more money. If you need four times more money, you just make four times more money. And I just want to say, Really? I never thought of that. I wonder if he's actually ever had to make more money. No. Well, that's the thing is he's in his early 20s. What does he know? Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Come back to me in 10 uh, years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's sort of you have to have these magical beliefs because what keeps us going as people is thinking we're engineered. to. We have to believe that the future is going to get better. Right. Otherwise, you have depression and what they call depressive realism, where you understand the world as it is, and it is in turn very depressing. Um, And so, yeah, like happiness is contingent on you feeling that there are – the future is going to get better. It's why financial advisors have a hard time getting people to save money because they go, well, I'll save money in the future when I'm making more money, but now I can't afford to. Yeah. And it's like, listen, bitch. I need you to deal with the reality that like this may be your peak income and you need to start saving money now. So don't tell me about this future where you're making twice as much because like that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's very interesting like uh, just how financial advisors and like insurance planners need to get people to be like, listen, the world sucks. But anyways, um, these fucking hope, these hopeful motherfuckers are like, oh yeah, no, I'm totally going to make more money. I just need to like get seven people under me. To sell these butt plugs. <laughs> I just like the idea because butt plugs are kind of shaped like a pyramid. Yeah. And then your pyramid scheme is a butt plug scheme. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a <laughs> I love butt plugs, first off. <laughs> first of all, I love butt plugs. <laughs> I love butt plugs. <laughs> no, I was going to say is it's kind of like um, last year I was approached um, through Etsy by an, a person who they do art shows Mm -hmm. and they were like we love your art we want you to be a part of our art show we're throwing one in phoenix soon and i was like cool great like where's the venue what's what's when's the date what's happening and they're like okay like here's the venue here's the date all we need you to do is sell so many tickets oh and if you can't sell the tickets then you just pay for the cost of the tickets, and that will pay for your booth in the art show 
Uh-huh. And then you make all the money, really, because you sell your art. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know how many art shows you've been to, but do you know how many people actually buy art at the art show? Like, yeah, not no, a lot. none. So, um, so I ended up not doing it because I was just like, you know what, like, I don't want to be stressed out about trying to sell these yeah. tickets. And at the time, too, I wasn't in a financial place where I could cover the cost if I didn't sell them. Yeah, I was like. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not gonna do. Like, I'm also, not gonna put myself through stress. It would be a lot. Um, it would be a lot more straightforward if they had said, "Hey, it's two hundred dollars to rent a booth at this show." Yeah, exactly. But they make it a roundabout way so that you it like it changes your perception rather than saying, "Oh, I don't have two hundred dollars to rent a booth." Oh, I just have to sell ten tickets or yeah. whatever. But like the ten tickets add up to two hundred dollars. So, yes. yeah. And if anyone knows me, they'll know, like, I'm a very anxiety-ridden person, and the first thing I'm going to do is go, I can never sell those tickets. Like, no one's going to want to go watch, look at my art. How, what am I going to do? Yeah. And so, you know, I kind of express that to the person, and they're like, well, we have, don't don't worry about that, because we have workshops on how to work your oh, social media. Oh, my God. We have, like, prompts for you to say in case you're nervous, you don't really know how to bring it up to people. And... Granted, like, I did have a lot of friends and family being like, yeah, I'll I'll buy a ticket from you. Like, I'll go. But that's, like, that's um, exactly set up, like, a financial cult. Right, because it's like, okay, so all of my close friends and family who I would just give my art to for free have now paid this company so that I can stand there and no one's going to buy my art still. Yeah. No, like, a proper art show would be someone saying, hey, I really like what you're doing. I would like to offer you space in my show. Yes. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, and that's what I wanted. And so I was just like, no, I'm good. Yeah. And um, I just the minute they start trying to give you sales coaching. Yeah. You're like, that's not legit. And it's it's funny because um, even though the financial cults and prosperity gospel aren't the same, it's like very much similar along the same lines. Just one doesn't have God. Exactly. And like. I see it popping up all over the place now, especially in like this day and age, because like I just listened to an episode of Reply All and they did a show about the ads you see on Instagram. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of them are actually people here in America who have, you know, their quote unquote companies and they're selling you things yeah. and you, you see a cool watch on Instagram and so you want it and you follow the link and you order it. Well, actually, the person who owns the business is buying a cheap ass watch out the top hatter from china Mm -hmm. and then they're selling it to you yes and um they're like well i bought this watch for 50 cents but i sold it for 19 dollars on instagram yeah and so everyone's like oh this is a new way to get rich quick Mm -hmm. i just do instagram ads it turns out like not a lot of people are successful with Mm -hmm. instagram ads and it takes a lot of work Mm -hmm. and so that in itself has kind of become like a pyramid scheme type thing. I can see that. Now there's people who are setting up YouTube channels who are like, look, you're not having good luck selling on your Instagram ads, but what you need to do is follow my class. Yes. And I'll teach you how to make the same business I've made. Like I made so much money. So you just need to follow me. And they had like people who are like, I've spent so much money doing this, buying things, doing the ads I spent so much time in my day and I'm not making anything back and I'm just starting to wonder like is it me or is it 
this whole thing. Yeah. Which the answer is like, it's the whole thing. It's not it's the you. Whole ship. Yeah. Yeah. I but, think that was the episode about drop shipping. Yes. Yes. And they were saying, yeah, like people, there's a couple people who are very, very successful at it, but most of their income is coming from their YouTube videos on how to be successful at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I see a lot of Instagram ads for LuLaRoe and it'll be like, Jess Moyers, LuLaRoe, because LuLaRoe is basically leggings and shirts that you, it's like an Avon thing, but it's for clothing. Oh, okay. And people sell it and market it through Facebook. And I just, I know of it because I worked next door to a Pilates studio and one of their instructors had the cutest leggings all the time. And she's like, they're LuLaRoe. My sister sells it or whatever. And like someone in the office building sold it. But you can't just like log online and buy it from the company. You need to know, much like Avon, someone who sells it. So then I see these ads on Instagram and buying an ad on Instagram can't be cheap. And it's just some housewife and it's her LuLaRoe shop that she's trying to send you to. Yeah. And I just think like how much hope did she put in placing this ad? Like what did it cost her? Right. And what are the chances that she's going to recoup this? Because she's probably thinking, oh, I'm going to make money and take my family to Disneyland or I'm going to my LuLaRoe money will be my college fund money for my kids or whatever. And like what are the chances that that's actually happening? Yeah. Very slim. Very slim. My sister-in-law tried to get me into LuLaRoe. Mm -hmm. I was like, no. No. No, thank you. I'm just so skeptical of, like, everything that I'm just like, no. Yeah. No, the answer is, like, pretty much always no. And anything, yeah, I just... Like, can I send me a link? Where can I buy this? Where can I walk into a store and buy this? I'm sorry. If if that's not an option, I'm pretty much out. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah. I feel like in one, that's like one way that my anxiety has actually helped me and saved me because most of the time, like my sister-in-law tried to get me to be a beach body coach and I was like, no, I just, I don't think I have the ability to sell things to people. Um, and I'm not like confident enough. And then the like LuLaRoe thing and I think my mom tried to get me to sell like Mary Kay, um, just like all all my family, all kinds of shit. And you're they like, get I, into. I don't want to annoy my friends. Yeah. And my, yeah, exactly. My thing was always like, eh, no one wants to buy shit from me. Yeah. Which thank God, because who knows how much money I would have wasted. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, all the different shit. My mom would just buy like the starter packages of, and she's mm-hmm. like, I have all this lotion and I'm never going to sell it. <laughs> like, yeah. do you want some? I bought too much. And I'm like, not, I'm not even part of it anymore. I dropped out. And she just like has all this stock and bullshit, like nads. Yeah. Mary Kay lotion. Nads makes really great waxing strips though. I mean, I don't but know. like I you tried get, it from you, the nineties since since the nineties. Oh yeah, so I it was a, it was terrible and messy in the nineties because I okay, bought yeah. it off of an infomercial. Yes, yes. But now they make the waxing strips that you rub between your hands. And oh, I like apart. those. Yeah, the Nads ones are phenomenal. But you can okay. also buy them at Target and Walmart. See, or your mom's so, apartment. Yeah, like, or my either mom. way. <laughs> Call Belinda. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's sad. It's like. It's really sad the way people take advantage of other people who are so desperate mm-hmm. that they are willing to just put their belief into things. Sell them a bag of beans. You yeah. Know? I mean. Was that Jack and the Beans? Yeah. I, magic some, beans. Magic beans, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Except actually, you know, this, the Beanstalk crew. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. 
No one believed in the magic beans except that kid. Oh, so this was a bad analogy. Bad example. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, I just want everyone to be careful. Like, if someone comes up to you preaching that they have, like, more mysterious knowledge than you and they're like I can help you because I was bestowed with this knowledge Mm -hmm. but I want something from you first Mm -hmm. or in return like no because anyone who is like remotely like actual Jesus Mm -hmm. will not ask you for anything in return they're just gonna give you their knowledge to help you because they're a good person so just be wary you know don't fall into these fucking traps don't start instagram ads don't send in seed money if it sounds too good to be true it probably is because here's the reality is that anything in life that you achieve it's because it took a long time and a lot of work yes any like you don't diet pills and like wraps or whatever miracle cures don't work snake oil doesn't work instant astronomical financial success doesn't work you know what's realistic negotiating your salary to make five thousand dollars more a year that's a realistic thing and maybe if you want to make more money think about salary negotiation or supplementary classes can you take a coding class or like um an ms office class something that could bring an asset to your resume and workplace like hey does your work pay for tuition reimbursement and would it also increase your salary if you had a new skill applicable to your job like that's something to consider and maybe if you take a year of night classes the following year you can renegotiate your salary and make five or six more grand that year like that's a realistic thing yeah but other than that like just life sucks and things don't you're never going to own an island. You're just not. Are you Richard Branson? Then you're not. You're it's not. Just- and things just take effort. Like, that's just yeah. the shitty reality of life is, like, anything you want takes effort. It takes more than just belief. And it takes massive effort for a medium response. Yeah. So, like, in order to have, like, a great body, you probably have to go to the gym four times a week for a year and you will see like maybe you lose two inches on your waist and eat healthy and eat healthy but like yes start cooking all your meals from scratch and go to the gym four times a week and maybe in a year your waist will be two inches thinner like that is realistic that is reality is that you it is a long hike to see a mediocre sunset like that is just I'm sorry guys (laughs) Captain Depression talking, but like that's the truth. That's the truth. I mean, do I secret things? Yes. But do I also actively do things to try and get me to where I want to be? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I opened a 401k. What? I put money in it every month because I don't want to get old and not have anything to fall back on. So I'm doing it. Yeah. It sucks. It means I don't have more money now, but but it'll be there. Yeah. So come on, guys. Come on, guys. Get it together. Don't fall prey to this bullshit, but do rate and review our podcast. I mean, I'm hoping everyone listening to this already knows and is like, yeah, we know. But there might be people who are like, oh, I was just setting up my Instagram shop. Yeah. That sounded like a good idea. It sounded like a great idea. We're here to tell you it's not. It's not. Um, But sending pictures of your bod to the show is a great idea you know how you know it's a great idea because we're like we're not asking for anything monetarily Mm -mm. and we're just 
what we want to give back is like confidence to you. Yeah, we want to tell you what a great bod you have. So how can you lose? You can't. You can't. You never lose with Simone J. You know why? Free podcast. That's right. We don't give a fuck. We have jobs. That's right. We stay up late on weeknights to do this for you. Because we love you and we're part of a community. And guess what? Tomorrow morning, I get up and go to work. Because I have a job. I am not going to go to work tomorrow. But you do have a job. I do have a job. That's how we keep this podcast going. Yeah, this is a self-funded free podcast for you, our listeners, because we love you. We love you. It'll probably always be free. Yeah. Unless people like somehow find a way to send us money that we don't want and didn't ask for and they just force it upon us no real talk you can always send me money for the show if you want to go to paypal.com and click on a donate button you can yeah you can sydneydelorean at gmail.com write a note that it's for simone i will put it into the simone account um also you can uh use venmo or square cash to send money to the show using the phone number 646-778 seven seven four three feel free to give funds to the show and we will use them to make more great content yeah i mean i would love if someone would buy the 50 dollar llama off of our etsy that would be great that would be cool and you're getting something in return in that sense like yeah you get a, a felted llama yes made by yours truly so mm-hmm. it's really cute too so yeah um i don't know if this has really been a an informational episode i i think it has i hope it has lessons were taught lives were changed i hope you leave this podcast learning something new or just feeling anything inside i know i feel i don't feel anything inside but (laughs) i was going to fake you're gonna fake it i was gonna fake emotions hey fake it till you make it fake it till you make it Except for when it comes to orgasms, don't fake that shit. It encourages poor pussy eating. That's true. Never fake an orgasm. It's so weird when guys think that they're like doing things you really like and you just don't like it. Yeah, because if you give them positive reinforcement, they're going to do it again. You don't give a dog a fucking milk bone when it shits on your rug. You spank it and you throw it outside. And that's what I do. Because otherwise they're going to go to the next poor girl and be like, well, my last girlfriend loved when I elbowed her clit. Yeah. Why don't you like that? (laughs) (laughs) Just supposing. Just supposing. Just supposing. All right. Well, I mean, happy hump day. Yeah. Have a good one. (laughs) 